Welcome back to hour two of the Damage Control radio program here from KPFT Houston. 90.1 FM. We are not live in the studio. We're live in our homes, uh, self-isolating. Skyladon.com, DJ Chill, Zeke Bobby. They were lucky. Uh, lucky. Yeah, um, that, that, that's my ego talking. They were nice enough to uh, allow me to come back and host some damage controls here on the uh, the 18th year, starting off in May. We're starting off the 18th year of damage control, and I'm so excited to be back here at KPFT, and I'm very excited to be back here on the mic with you, Skyla. Hey, I'm excited to have you with me. I'm, I'm excited to have the help. I, I've been holding it down by myself for the last, like, five or six weeks, so it's nice to have you here with me. Well, when you called Mast, I got super excited because, you know, KPFT is like home to me and I love independent radio and I love being able to bring in artists and tell their stories. And you have brought us someone very special to the table tonight, Skyla. And you want to tell the people who we've got on the line? Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm super excited because I've been with Damage Control about five and a half years now. And for about four and a half of those, I have been wanting to... Um, corner this guy, get this guy in. But, you know, the way that we do damage control, we make everyone come in studio into the station. We don't do phone interviews. So with um, damage control being the way it is right now and the station being closed, we're having to do phone interviews. So we get to pull a little bit from our resources that are outside. And so I'm getting to... um, Bring in Mr. Lee. Man. What's up, Mr. Lee? What's going down, man? Man, it's so good to have you in the studio or uh, virtually quarantine studio time here. It's so good to have you on the line because there's a lot to talk about with you. Your history in Houston and and music in general is so deep. And uh, I know, uh, you know, I know the stories have been told many times. Your songs are legendary, but... It's so cool to have you on Damage Control tonight to really talk to our audience. I know a lot of people who are behind bars that listen to KPFT and have for many years, and have your songs have probably helped get them through the day in many ways, and 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 out in real life as well too. But your output is strong, and we're so appreciative to have you here. Man, it's a pleasure. Now I have to admit. And I hate that when journalists and people, DJs and stuff do this because it's kind of cheating. But I did take a look at your Wikipedia page because I knew you were early on. Your releases were with Rap-A-Lot. You know, you were an in-house producer with Rap-A-Lot. And that's probably when I first, you know, heard, you know, of you or, or, or started knowing more about you. But were your first two major releases really Too Much Trouble's uh, first album and the Fifth Ward Boys' Usual Suspects? Or maybe... Was that yeah, too, too much, much, too much trouble? Too much trouble was the first rap group on Rap a Lot that took a chance in the studio with me that worked with me in Rap a Lot. My very first, uh, my very first time getting in the studio and actually doing a record that came out that was released was with Point Blank at Big right. Time Records. Russell was the first person to give me a shot at, at producing records for a record label. Man, that's incredible because. You saying that honestly uh, relates to a podcast I did recently with Fat Tony where I was talking to him about the Houston sound. And, you know, everybody talks about how Houston blew up in the mid-2000s, but really Houston first blew up when the Ghetto Boys really had all the controversies and all this stuff. 
But there was a whole period before that where, I mean, the Houston community was listening to Houston rap. And the early rap a lot stuff, the early SBC stuff like K Reno and, and Point Blank, that music was aggressive. It was. It was. It was almost like it was. the opposite of what it became later, man. It was like that music was so crazy. And Point Blank, man, to this day, to this day, Point Blank is going hard. But back then, that man, he was a he was a renegade. Exactly. And that's what he that's what he portrayed in his music. That's what he wanted to portray in it. You got to remember um in those times when he was doing that type of music, the street was crazy aggressive then. It was mm-hmm. way more aggressive than it is now to me. You know, I could be wrong but in different ways. It was it was it was cra- it was crazy aggressive then. So, you know, he was portraying a life in his music that he was seeing, you know, right. so it wasn't it wasn't like he was sitting there making it up. It was something he he was he was living around and all of that kind of stuff. So that's why we would uh, hear it and it would be like shocking to hear the stuff that he would say because he was uh, portraying a life that was that he was seeing every day. Well, I mean, he came from that whole era where things really went buck wild in the eighties. I mean, like the whole country with with the whole new drug and the whole new everything, the whole new culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he, they came from a whole other thing, but plus they also came from real raw hip hop. You know, like early Cool G rap, things like this. I know for sure influenced people like K Reno and the SPC. And that was like, that was something Tony and I were talking about because everybody thinks about the Houston slowed down sound and it's all this, it's all that. But like, Rap a Lot had a sound before that. And, Lots of people jumped onto that, and you were a part of a lot of those great records. In fact, right. I would tell you that Fifth Ward Boys, I always liked the Fifth Ward Boys a lot. They were cool, but that Usual Suspects album is a classic. I learned a lot from, 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 working, from working with those guys. I learned, I learned a whole lot from them. You know, I mean, the, the Fifth World Boys kind of gave me the foundation that I have now to do the music that I'm doing now. Mm. It really came from working with them. Well, tell me how you got with Rap a Lot Records, because you were you were literally like in house with them. Yeah, well, I had uh, befriended this guy named Lakewood. We had met each other in the guitar series. So when I met him, your phone your phone's breaking up just a little bit. But let's see. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you sound all right. Sounds all right. Okay, good. Okay, so I, I befriended this guy named Lakewood, and he had a he coincidentally had a keyboard that I was used to working on. So we ended up linking up, and, and coincidentally, he stayed like two miles from a record store that Big T from Rapalot owned. Hmm. So he and I, he and I had sat at his house, and we made countless tracks, and he played guitar on my stuff. And once we got it, got enough stuff done, he knew one of the guys worked there. We sent a cassette tape in for Big Chief to listen to. Once Big Chief listened to it, he ended up calling uh, Lakewood's friend and setting up a meeting so that we could go in to you know meet with him. And when I met with him, I ended up signing to his production company, and that's how I got linked in with Rapper. 
Man, that is dope because you certainly did put some classics down for Rapalot. Um, I do know that you were behind the biggest song on that Fifth Ward Boys album, which featured Devin the Dude and Willie D, entitled PWA. We're not going to say the entire the title, but anybody who knows knows. In fact, I think everybody knows. Right. What right. did you do more on that album? I, I, yeah, I did. I did. A, I did several songs on that album. I think I had like five five to six songs on that album. Okay. I can't really remember exactly the number, but I did the majority of the album. All right, all right. What was uh what songs did you do on Devin's first album? What did you do on, on the dude? Uh man, you put him on the spot. I know. I See this is which, no which record it I can't remember which record it was. Oh man, I can't remember which record it was. Man, see, that's why uh, we have to do the journalists have to. Yeah. And I know this. I haven't been. I haven't been doing this for a minute. I've been out the game for just a minute. But like, we we have to do the the research harder because man, it drives me crazy. I talk to an artist and be like, I don't even remember that tape. Damn, I might have a copy of that tape somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm man, like, it's, what? It's so much. It's so much. But you know, when I was doing the production and rap a lot, and Big Chief kind of. He molded me and gave me my work ethic. Yep. I didn't I didn't listen to a lot of records after I produced them. Man. After I produced them, that was it. You know what I mean? I was done with them. I was on to the next project. I didn't, I didn't sit and gloat about how good it sounds. I didn't do any of that. You know what I mean? It was just all about, okay, what's next? What we have next? And that's how we dealt with things. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's I, I've done so many records, man. I have registered over 400 records on my BMI catalog. That's not counting Man. all the independent stuff that I've done outside of uh, of uh, and all of that other stuff that outside the major questions I got with the major um, uh, companies and all of that kind of stuff. So it's tons of records, man, that I've done. I've been in the business for about a 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, that. You know, it's just... Yeah, it's really been it's really been a blessing to to be able to maintain in the business this this long. And people, a lot of people say that it's a young man's game. I'm 47 years old. Man. I feel like I'm 17. I say the I exact just, same thing. Yeah. I say the yeah. exact so, same. You know thing. what I mean? That's that's how I feel, and I'm still relevant. I just got a platinum album and a gold single at the beginning of 2020. I've actually had. A Every decade that I've been in the music business, I've got a plaque for it, to show for it. This is going on my fourth decade. I started in the late 90s, to the 2000s, 2010, now to 2020. What was and that? I've got a plaque. For what's the, la- what's the latest one? And what's the latest one you're referencing? Uh, the latest one I got is the Victory Lap album. It went platinum, so we just got a, I just got a plaque. Oh, for that. man, that's yeah. special. That yeah. is real special. Yeah, and I got a... Uh, Gold, a gold single plaque for for uh, Blue Laces too. Oh man, that is so dope. Well, I know for sure that you co-produced uh, Sex Faces. Did you co-produce it with Scarface? With Scarface and Mike Dean and Tom Capone. Man, that's uh, that's the that's the home run right there. That that's every base covered right there. Mister Lee, Scarface, Mike Dean, and Tom Capone. And then with Devin the Dude and Scarface on the vocals, it's such a classic. I think we should get into that right now. We can play. We, there's a radio edit of it. We can play uh, Sex Faces as opposed to the uh, <clears throat> Faces that came out. Yes, let's, get, let's get into that. A couple cuts, a couple of the, the classics, man. We're going to come right back. 
and holler at Mr. Lee. You are tuned in to the Damage Control Program on 90.1 FM, KPFT. The radio still exists. The internet exists, kpft.org. Tune in app, wherever you're listening. We're just glad that you're out there. Skyla, we'll be right back and uh, got more questions for Mr. Lee. Sometimes I just had to hit this lick one time. I met her in the gallery of shopping, buying gifts for some guy that she dating. Still popping a second anniversary, and I'm congratulating that. But man, she had her back so fat you couldn't palm it with your kill hands. It seems to me she had the whole world. I walked behind her whistling love songs. She started smiling, so I handed her this bathing suit and told the try replying, "Why with the light brown eyes?" I'm shopping for a lady friend about your size She tried it on so I paid for it And then I told her she could keep it Then I walked out the store, that's our secret But peeping, made it down the hall She came running, bags about the bus Blouse wrinkled but still stunning I done it, made the Mac movement Girl chases, and shortly thereafter Exchanged our sex faces, it's tasteless But honey must have missed me, you treated Like something more than busted, just humping the dudes and I can see it in the eyes, super sick of this Let's see the sights, it's me tonight Let's leave him stuck home pacing Blowing up your page and exchanging sex faces When I'm in it, they make me feel like I'm doing something. It's so good, have to do with money. But you ain't knowing real max, we get all that. Baby girl, just beat me, let me call it back. Quite a few players got with her. But every time I see her, I try to get her. You're just so damn fine, girl. I wanna make you mine, girl. I wanna hit it one time, girl. Show dogs on your mind, girl. I'm nothing like your boyfriend you deal with, I still get it Don't fight the feeling cause I will hit it It's hard to hold back when it's this good We said we wouldn't, I knew we would Cause I'm a veteran, twist him in the game so fast with this pimping You know you ain't gon' last, I gotta get it Let her know I'm pimping, really Unless I'm getting paid, this is temporary Exchange of freaky faces, making hella noise Everything we do, I go tell my boys Cause it's like that and that's how we do that. About six or seven dime pieces We gon' hook up with no strings and no leashes Tied to the smashing of barrel, there's no leashes What we gon' do is 
girls fall through with crushed ice. Mainly these girls been talking about smashing for three nights. Oh damn, girl so slick, it's kinda nice. Not too expensive, but comfortable and it's quiet. The remedy that she give me, you feel me, it's tranquilized. Thinking to myself at this time and realize she ain't got no panties, no man, is this in the signs? Somebody's getting smashed tonight, to my surprise. Enter the room with the cat like eyes. Rochelle, who do nails with the thick, tight thighs? See, I love these guys, cause they ain't with the fullness. Give me all off in the room and pull this. Girl, stop making right there, you're killing me. Go ahead and touch it right there, and I feel the beat. There's some cold blooded things with a day, you let me sit through. Man, girl, I must admit, that's why I dig you. So we twist into the world of forgotten sex face. We need to wet place, drinking love with sex chase. You know what I'm saying, baby? It's either now or never. I 
gotta see your sexy roll from the far side. So don't be passing me by. I'm a nigga with peas. And I ain't stingy with the trees. We can reach the freaks if both of our ass can be high. Beans, pimp status full of octane. With pimp status in the hot name. We don't gotta pop things. No more serving the rock cane. The not cane, pimp flows like hoes. We'll a drop game. It's like, I'm sick of sick and Look at here. Sick of phrase while the trays on my hog road. Divide words from the pimp's road. Get the bitch if I'm walking and she peeping down my lips cold. See a player boat tripping. Deep as the Mediterranean. Get trying to play me against low bitch. Picture how I'm making cold women. Then the nigga in my head spinning while we smoking on here. Still hope Looking back like that and and just having the memories of those songs because for me i mean to be per- perfectly honest with you this might we're but we're the same age i'm actually 48 sorry a little older but um that era was so special to me man when because i love screw i love screw i love uh, switcher house i love all that but and you know i was of a certain age and a certain time and rap a lot was literally like musically my favorite label and i love them for putting out all the incredible music from houston but in my opinion some of the most innovative rap music to ever be made came from the west side of chicago and that's still still pope pimping uh from uh do or die like that's a classic the snipers i mean you can't mess with psychodrama i always have to bring them up because they're so such a unheralded group of pioneers in in rap to me but like that era in Chicago was so crazy. Like they literally, there's been a lot of sounds created. Houston created sounds, New York created sounds, LA created sounds, but that sound that was created in Chicago was nuts. Yeah, they, they brought a lot of flavor to my production too. You know I mean? It gave me a lot of stuff and stuff and, you know, just different things. I actually got to grow with. I got, I had a chance to grow with everybody that I worked with. I got my perfectionist type of, behavior from working with Scarface. You know what I mean? I'm I got sure. my I, I, I started in the church. But I when I was growing up I used to listen to the ghetto bars and all that stuff all the time and I loved the organ. So I picked up on the organ from N.O. Joe and Pimp C and Mike Dean and the sampling I got from John Vito. You know, I was able to sit with this guy mm-hmm. and watch him go through samples. Even before I even knew that I was gonna be a producer, I had met his brother. And and coincidentally met him, right? John Dio, you are talking about, and it was it was crazy because I got a chance to meet this guy before I ever signed to Rapalot. Right. It was kind of crazy when I, you know, saying just to see it all unfold that way. Well, I talk about this all the time because it's probably one of the biggest parts of my story, but. When I, I went to a school for audio engineering and I didn't really want to become an audio engineer, to be honest, it, it was it wasn't exactly my, my thing. But I wanted to learn and wanted to see all, all aspects of the music business. And my teacher one day was Jeff Wells from Sound Arts, the uh, studio on the northwest side of Houston. And he came up to me one day and he said, hey, you like rap? And I was like, 
yeah, man, I love it. And he's like, well, I got this group coming in to record, and I need somebody to just kind of look after the studio. He's like, you like, you know the Ghetto Boys? And I was like, uh, yeah, I love the Ghetto Boys. That's like my favorite group. And uh, so I got to sit in just as an intern doing nothing, cleaning up after them and stuff. And uh, when they recorded all of We Can't Be Stopped, and I got to really see Beto in action for the first time then. And I know that he got deported to Nigeria, and literally he's one of the top on my list. We've talked a few times. I really want to do an interview with him, like a real serious interview with him, because I know the contribution he brought to this music, man. And, and it's, it's, I appreciate you bringing him up, because a lot of people forget to bring up some of our like more unheralded uh Legends. Yeah, he's you know he's a pioneer. We'll be no 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 ghetto boy without that guy. Mm-mm. No, he really. If anybody really can think different, they not they're not telling the truth. You know, what I mean that guy yeah. was he was a major influence on the rap music. Period. Period. And a lot of people don't tell the truth, and that's true. And I'm so glad to have you on the line tonight to talk about all this history. What were some of your favorite records you worked on? I mean, some of my favorite records were uh, definitely Three Kings was one of my favorite records. PWA was one of my favorite records. And the story behind PWA, PWA was a, a disappointed success. <laughs> it was a sense. what? It was a what? Dis- it was a disappointing success. Really? And and I'm a, and I'm saying that because the the, the PWA track was a remix of the uh, Mary Jane record that Scarface did. Sure. And and they did not use it. So I was kind of like bummed out about it. And I'm like, man, you're not going to use it. And then the Fifth World Boys, I was working with them real close, and they uh, heard the record. And it's like, man, let us use it. We got an idea for it. And that's when uh, we came up with that record. Man, I never, it, it, I, I never knew that, but that made sense. I never knew that that makes so much sense right now. Just thinking about, I've got both those songs in my head right now. Like, oh, damn. Yes, if you listen to it, it's a mirror of of uh, of Mary Jane. But I like, I have to admit, I like how spaced out Mary Jane became. And then PWA was like, PWA was so in your face. Like, Mary Jane kind of just flowed in this. I mean, I mean, there's a certain flow to PWA for sure, but PWA just kind of exploded, whereas Mary Jane was like, just kind of rode perfectly. They both were, were per, I mean, perfect songs. Yeah, they were, and that's and that's how that's how that whole record came about. Wow, that's crazy. And I'm gonna assume um, Willie D had some input in the hook. Absolutely, sure. <laughs> you know, they brought him in. They brought him in because it was a knockoff of one of his old records. Yep. And, you know, I mean, even Willie D, like, if people really listen to Willie D closely, and I hope you get a chance to hear this because I don't think he know I know this, but I worked with Tupac's group. I did a record with Tupac after he passed away. Mm-hmm. If you listen to Tupac and you listen to Willie D, they sound the same. Dude. The only difference is, is Tupac is not, doesn't have the country south side that Willie D has when he's rapping, but he listens to the flow and the style. They're the same people, man. And before Willie, there, no one had the aggression that Willie D had. Man, when Willie D, exploded, nobody. To be honest nobody. with you, I, I 
I think Scarface is the greatest rapper of all time. I love Willie D, and, and he's great. I've, when I look at the body of work from both of them, I'm going to say I think Scarface is the greatest rapper of all time, in my opinion. But when I was right a kid, when I was a kid listening to Ghetto Boys records, I was like, man, <laughs> Willie D's the the best. He's the greatest. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah Willie D is the truth, man, without a doubt. You know what I mean? All, all the Ghetto Boys. I mean, everybody in that Ghetto Boys group from before the whole era when, when actually Face got in, the whole thing was groundbreaking. The whole thing of rap and the whole thing that Jay Prince put together, all of that shit was, all of that stuff was, was groundbreaking. Well, was let's. Groundbreaking. I don't want to get too controversial here, but I'm going to make a statement, and I'd like to know your opinion on this. I'm going to make the statement, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Houston, as a whole, is not doing enough to recognize the importance of the legend Bushwick Bill. May he rest in peace. Yes and no. Well, I say yes. You know why I say yes and no? Yeah. Because I'm living kind of what Bushwick Bill was living when he was here. Right. And it's not being, being unnoticed a little bit when you've been a pioneer and you've done a lot of things. Now, I'm not going to say that. He was just totally overwhelmed because that's not true. You know, I just released the album. I got so much love. I was overwhelmed. I couldn't believe what was happening. But at the same time, I do feel like sometimes we 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 be just over, just too humble about situations and things that we do, and we don't allow ourselves to get the praise that we need to get for what we're doing. Man, you know, and that's. That's just what it is sometimes. You know, I think Bush, Bush would be with Graham Brady. He was a very intelligent man. Outside of rap, I was super smart. And, you know, he was a hip-hop dancer and all kinds of stuff. So he was a very uh, in, intellectual guy. He was really smart. He was really disciplined when it came to what he was trying to do. So, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you, you got to tip your head off to people like that. But we live in a day and time now. If you're not dancing around with your mouth open with some golds and diamonds in it or you're not waving about your cash when you're in and you don't really get the attention that you need to get. Right. But Houston Houston is one of the most tragic stories in hip hop. We've lost so many of our legends, so many. And we do our best to keep DJ Screw and Hawk and Fat Pat and all the most important people, you know, like keep them ringing. Yeah, Bushwick you know, Bill, Bushwick Bill is day one. Bushwick Bill is day one. Bushwick Bill is before Willie D and Scarface to an extent, as far as being a dancer and as far as being in where he was. Like this is yeah. all from the same era, but this is you know he was on making trouble before them. You know, like he this is like I don't see the outpouring of sorrow and, and things like that because like to me, you know, Bushwick Bushwick Bill was kind of crazy. You know, all all the Ghetto Boys are kind of crazy, but. He was a little much. He was fine, you know, but like no one can take away his contribution to rap. If it wasn't for the Ghetto Boys having that dwarf, crazy ass dwarf in the group doing what he did, we may never know that Scarface is as great as he is. We may never know. Scarface and Willie D and somebody else as the Ghetto Boys might have been an incredible group, but there's a real importance to the legacy of Bushwick Bill that I feel. A year later, 
it, I just don't see the, I, I don't see the outpouring of respect that even like say somebody like Hawk got. Who is also well, did Hawk did Hawk and Screw and all them get that a year after the death though? I mean, you know what? To me, I feel like to me, I feel like everybody everybody is famous when they need it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. It's sad. It, that's just just what it is. And it's the most tragic thing you even have to say out of your mouth that that's what it is. But I mean, when you just look at at everything and you look at it for what it really is, nobody really gets a lot of love until they pass away. Right. You know, then right. that's when you find out how great how great they are and all of that kind of stuff. So I, I you know, even with me, sometimes I get overwhelmed just even hearing somebody say, "Oh wow, man, you were you're one of the greatest." this and that and all of that kind of stuff, it kind of overwhelms me because I never just took the time to even feel that way or even know if people feel that way. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's good when you can get your flowers right in here. It's good exactly. when people can say that you are, when I hear, hear Slim saying, Mr. Lee is my Dr. Dre, I, it, you know what I mean? It, I get emotional about that. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you know, I put a lot of, I gave a lot of my life and time to Slim and the Boss Hog Outlaws Yep. Those are my brothers. Him and Slim and Ray Face and Killer Calion and Chris Ward and all of those guys that we worked with. They're, they're my family. You know, especially Slim and Ray Face. Those, those are like my brothers. Man. You know what I mean? Ray Face is for sure is, is my brother. You know what I mean? Like, this dude has seen me through a lot of times and everything else. So it's so much deeper than music. But when you can hear somebody that you've given a lot of your time and your life to and they recognize you as a great. Or call you a great, it even puts you in the same sentence as a person like a Dr. Dre or saying they missed the music Dr. Dre in the South. I'm humbled by that. You know what I mean? That means more to me than any check that that man can ever offer me. That, you know, so that is, you know, to to me, I feel like everybody needs to to, uh, acknowledge people while they're here and let them know how they feel about them, like a person like Zero. Zero is one of the greatest rappers out of Houston. That that's living right now. He's one of the greatest. Yep. Why is he? Is because he's super consistent. He has a fan base that follows him through thick and thin, and he's always making good music. And he loves the music that he makes. He, he put his feelings and everything into his music. So he's a great, you know. And it, he needs to be recognized that Slim Thug is a great. Don Kiki is a great. Mm-hmm. All the SUC, all those guys, they are great. They are people that contributed things to this culture here in Houston that would never be if they hadn't made their contribution. Well, the, the Slim and Kiki album came out around the time I feel like you were slowing down a bit with rap a lot. Was, was that your early work with Slim? Was that like... That was my early, that was my early work with Slim and Kiki. Actually, it was the first album that I ever produced on my own that was on my record label. Man. Yeah. That's so crazy. And, you know... And that, that's why I say, you know, I, mean, I have so much history with those guys. I have so much history with Scarface. I have so much history with John Dino and Mike Dean and N.O. Joe. All of these people that I named had contributed something indirectly or directly to me that influenced me in some way, shape, form, or fashion. It is what it is. You know what I mean? It's just, it, 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 it just, it's just the truth. And that's why I'm able to be who I am. I'm like a like an Avenger that's tied in with all of those guys having influences in me on my music, you know what I mean? So that's why I'm able to keep going as far as I have and 
here it is, 20, almost 28 years, and I'm still relevant and still able to maintain that type of quality with my music that all the great do. You know what I mean? So I'm real, just super happy about all of that. Man, real talk. Do you remember the, the South by Southwest release party for that Slim and Kiki album? I do. And the reason I remember, guess who I was on the panel with that year? Yeah. Who's that? I was on a panel with Jimmy Jam. Yep. And it was another producer team that I worked with that I was on a panel with. They had did this, uh, I forgot what movie they had just had, but it was big. I forgot who they are. But I was I was able to be on the side of a super great guy. Yep. And the funny thing about it is when we got off stage, I got swarmed with people coming up to me, wanting to meet me and talk to me. And when I got done, Jimmy Jones was like, damn, man. He said, you, you really are the guy down here. You know, people swarm to you. They pass me up trying to get to you. Hell yeah. You know, and he, it, it, was, it was crazy, man. But, you know, I just, I never really understood the impact of my music on the culture until now, you know, or later. You know what I mean? I never really focused on trying to make an impact the way that I did. I just worked, you know, and, and I, and it, it's questions and it's things in the air. When people say Mr. Lee's the greatest Texas producer and all of this kind of stuff, and I'm being kind of vocal about it now, you know, all of the, the verses, uh, competitions are going on with the producers and all of that kind of stuff. And my name's been brought up several times. I know, I, I know a specific is, competition that Donnie Houston wants yeah. to set up, and I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to get that man on the phone as well for y'all to see if that can happen. Yeah. Man, I'm not going to announce it here. I'm going to let Donnie have that, but that. I know you know yeah, what I'm talking so, about. Know, that would be epic, epic. Exactly. So to me, I tell people like this. I never had to go outside of the state lines of Texas to be great. Right. I never had to depend on running to L.A., running to New York, running to Miami to be great. I was I was able to be great in Texas. I was able to be great in Houston. So all of my legacy and everything that I have, it's, majority of it's in Houston. So when you say that, and when you say Texas music, or you say Houston music and the culture, I got to be in that conversation. Yes. Yeah, but you you're you're so great because I, I mean I'm thinking is it this is what you're meant to do? I mean this is God given talent for you, right? right? I mean you're self taught. Right. You didn't go to school, or I mean I, I'm right, right? I mean you. You're, this you're is, definitely right. The thing about me, guys, is I came to Texas with one foot in the prison and one foot in jail. I was on, on the run for simple burglary, and I was on the run for a drug case I had in Anaheim County. I had no choice. When I got here, I reformed myself, and I had a conversation with God, and I made a promise that if he seen me through what I was going through, that I would never fall back into the streets again. I've never been in drugs again, and I didn't. And everything that happened to me, I struggled for. I slept on floors. I was in the studio rap a lot. I can remember times I didn't have enough money to buy a bag of chips. I was starving. Mm. But I would never allow anybody to know that I was in that type of position. I wouldn't go. I could have went to rap line guy. And an advancement or whatever, they would have gave it to me if they had known that that's what I was going through. I didn't want that. I wanted to work for everything that I got. So you just, when you picture a person like that, it's different when you look at a person that's saying, okay, 
I was around these guys and I made tracks for them and I'm part of this culture and this is why I feel like I'm the greatest. I it was it was life or death for me. It was prison or freedom, life or death. Man, we're, we're very day. thankful. So, we're very I, thankful that you yeah. chose the path that you did. And uh exactly. you brought up I in the next our next segment you brought up something I really want to talk about as far as really making it in Houston as a Houston artist. And I also wanted to say as an aside, what I was bringing up about that South by Southwest party for the Slim and Kiki album that you produced, that party was so legendary. You had Wiz and Damo on the tables the whole night. You had Bun B met Dizzy Rascal in that room at that party that night, and that built a huge relationship and a crazy bridge between London and Houston. And the guy who signed Adele, Nick Huggett, the guy who brought Adele to the world was actually at that party. I'll never forget that, yeah. that that monumental event. Let's get into Three Kings. We got to play Three Kings, of course. That's legendary. And uh, let's play a couple things, a couple songs here and come back and talk to Mr. Lee. You got some time for us? You got a few more minutes? Yes, sir. All right, let's get into some music. You're tuned in 90.1 FM, KPFT. The Damage Control Program is in full effect. Matson Zahn and Skyla Don got Mr. Lee in the studio, the virtual studio, and this is the classic Three Kings. Slim Ducker, 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 One B T I P, baby, baby. Most hope, when I hit the club, all the girls show me love. Mine at the bar got drank by the jug. In the VIP with the chicks and the drugs. This is TIP, Bun B, and Slim Thug. When I hit the club, all the girls show me love. Mine at the bar got drank by the jug. In the VIP with the chicks and the drugs. This is TIP, Bun B, and Slim Thug. I got drank by the paint, drove by the pine. Hit it to the Club in the boss top down, slim thug about to climb, represent H time. If you love me, you gon' smile. If you hate me, you gon' fry. Cause me and my boss hogs about to bow till we bow. This year, I won't style. Slim thug, I want it all. Going solo, first CD out that's not slow mo. Here's another hit, thanks to drinking the dodo. But show though, we got the club shut down. Trying to pick which chick I'ma cut now. I got a fetish for thick girls, that's caramel. Brand. On the hunt and up, guess what I just find? Come and VIP with me, boo, while we post up. We blowing purple stuff, we pouring purple stuff. We blowing from rich stuff, you can tell if we rich. It's Slim Thug or T.I.P. and Bun B, bitch. When I hit the club, all the girls show me love. Mine at the bar, got drank by the jug. In the VIP with the chicks and the drugs. This is T.I.P., Bun B, and Slim Thug. When I hit the club, all the girls show me love. Mine at the bar, got drank by the jug. In the VIP with the chicks and the drugs. This is T.I.P., Bun B, and Slim Thug. 22s on a brand. New coupe with no roof, roof. Counterfeit that all the tennis shoe, no suits. We some ballers, pimp. You ought to be following our suits. No ad libbing, nigga. Just do like I do. do. Don't get it confused, dude. I'm not you. You, if you ain't heard the news, I'm known as the truth. True. 
Cause why I'm at the bar buying all this great juice hey. Passing it to them broken man as they loose That's yeah. my nigga Slim Thug, ain't man what they do You say the black on the slip, but the red are cut too, too. We'll give them numbers to the sweets and tell them all through And tell that nigga ESG and Paul Wall too oh. I know Bun be a have big fun with them yeah. Do it like a G for screw with them C From the A, but I got all of Houston with me At the Super Bowl, pulling groups of whole six When I hit nigga. the club, all the girls show me love Lying out the bar, got drank by the judge In the VIP with the chicks and the drugs This a T.I.P. Bun B and Slim Thug When I hit the club, all the girls show me love Lying out the bar, got drank by the judge In the VIP with the chicks and the drugs This a T.I.P. Bun B and Slim Thug We going hard in the paint like Carmelo For them boys that sit purple and sip yellow Shorty shake it jelly like jello She curve it like a jello Damn, baby broke me up before I even said hello Is it the car, is it the ice, is it the grill? Cause I'm a star that paid the price to keep it trill She up the bar, she looking nice, she on the pill And she got two more with her ready So tell me how you feel See, Pippin ain't made, nigga, Pippin ain't raised Nigga, Pippin is born, Pippin since it's early days These niggas get to trippin', playin', Pippin ain't phasin' If you miss Pimp C, throw up your deuces in your trays We thought of many ways and perfected the grind Making million dollar moves, six figure checks we can sign Slim Thugger, you the next up to shine and I can't even lie with me and T.I.P. Man, you direct them this time, When fool. I hit the club, all the girls show me love Lying out the bar, got drank by the jug In the VIP with the chicks and the drugs This a T.I.P. Bun B and Slim Thug When I hit the club, all the girls show me love Lying out the bar, got drank by the jug In the VIP with the chicks and the drugs This a T.I.P. Bun B and Slim Thug Show me love, show me love, show me love, body joy, and the drugs, and the drugs, slum Break them off, break them off real bad. I'm a break, I'm a break. 
Tell me a little bit about Break 'em Off. Break 'em Off was a record. I was working with uh, Chief Harris at the time when I did Break 'em Off. And I'm going to say this too, man. I know it's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. going on with Chief Harris and the whole thing with the record label that he was with and all of that kind of stuff. Chief mm-hmm. Harris was a real vibey type of guy. And even when I was in a, if I would be in a slump or being where I couldn't get my ideas out, Lou would sit and listen to different stuff and just vibing. You know what I mean? It wouldn't necessarily be saying, hey, put this in there, do this, do that. It was just the presence 
of being there. And then like, hey man, that is dope to input back. You know what I mean? He he gave a lot of that. And he gave a lot of love to the things that he was doing. And that's why we were able to uh put a lot of records together that we were putting together because, you know, we were vibing all the time. So Rick Amal came about after I did a record with uh Paul Wall on his first album called Sip in the Bar. I came in on the tail end. Man. And when when uh Stiley and those guys, those great producers that we're working with, with uh, Swish House, they had started to go out on their own and do their thing. I was able to come in with Swisher House with G Dash and Watts and T Ferris and continue the sound that they had established with the Williams brothers with Sami. And uh bring my stop my sound in as well with them. And uh, man, it was just a wonderful time. You know, I mean I, I really got to know Paul and we became friends when I did sip in the bar really didn't know who he was. So it was always just a phenomenal time. We we, we, you know, it was just like a big family when we were all in the studio. The wife come through, she's singing, coming up with hooks and different stuff like that. And she started coming up with ideas and all coming up with ideas and different stuff like that. It was just always a good time to be in a creative space with those type of people. That's why the records came out the way they came out. And I think a beautiful thing about that time was when we started learning more, you know, with the internet and stuff, we started learning more about who was the sound behind those records. Like early on records, you may not have, if you didn't read it, you know, you didn't know who produced it. You didn't know, you didn't get the interview with Mr. Lee. You didn't get the, you know what I mean? Like a lot of times you guys were so in the studio, but like with Sali and, and, and the Williams brothers and all that and with you, and and all the producers of that that era, like I mean, honestly, you and Sali made the hits of that era. That's hands down. There's a few others, but like y'all made the the hits of that era. And that's when we started finding out more and more about where all this came from and what you know, you know, who was actually making this music. And it was such a beautiful time. You said in, you said in the last segment about how like you made it in Houston, like and how zero made it in Houston, like you could really function in Houston. And I talk about that a lot. I think I talk about it in every interview I do with like legendary artists from Houston, because there was a region that spanned a bit into Louisiana. Of course there was Jackson, Mississippi. There were some other places that, and you had the Houston, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio circle plus Tyler and Longview and, Shreveport maybe this and that but there was such a regional thing where these artists were blowing up like blowing up without the major national push you know and it was incredible but then when the Swisher House and that era that we're talking about right now and the hits hit started really happening nationwide I feel like that was a positive for sure but the negative of that is that there was so I think there's a whole generation of artists who don't understand the power of working their region and working, working that, you know what I mean? The internet makes it look like you can hit the whole world with one tweet, which you can, if you're lucky, but Houston made it by being Houston and by working within Texas. And I thought that was so incredible. And it's just like the real definition of independence. Well, tell me about, I know you've got a brand new album out. And the, yeah. and the streets are talking about it. Tell me a little bit about what you've got, what you just released. I just released an album called 20 Years of Power. And I've been working on it for about five years. I have that back and forth syndrome where I just don't hear everything 
and, and it doesn't sound good enough. So I've been working on this album for five years. I have artists like Renaissance, Zero, Killer Carignone, GT Garza, that boy T, uh, Smokestacks from Dallas, um, Candy from Dallas, um, man, just a J Dog, just a ton of people, Lil Bang from Dallas, just a ton of people that I felt like could, because I could show my talent with. Mm-hmm. You know, so they were hand to be on my album. So we just released it. It's doing good. And I also have a uh, mm-hmm. documentary that's getting ready to come out soon. It's called 20 Years of Power also. Mm-hmm. Where it goes through the outline of my career. We have three more parts where we're going to go and guess about different things like me being on the run, when I signed a rap a lot, when I started my record label and stuff like that. So we got three more, more parts to this documentary that we're going to be releasing. But right now we're in the works of getting it. Uh, on Netflix right now, and I'm probably gonna do a premiere on a on Facebook pretty soon, just to uh, let some uh, select a few people see it. Man, get that, but get yeah, the really get the Netflix. To... My advice: get the Netflix money before you start putting it on the Facebooks. Man, come on, make sure that yeah, make sure that yeah. checks in the bank already. <laughs> I gotta have it, man. That's why I put it on there again. I teased them a couple of days ago, and I let it run for like 15 minutes, mm. and I cut it off. But uh, it's it's really. Man, I'm really proud of it. The body of work with the album and the documentary. I actually, when I sit down and I watch it, I can't believe all the stuff that's in it. You know what I mean? My dad's in there telling the stories about when I was on the run and talking about my childhood when I was playing the piano when I was nine years old. And all of this stuff, man, it's just like everything that I went through, you could just see it on the screen. And it's, it's, it's overwhelming stuff, you know what I mean? Just to see... And I'm like, wow, I did go through all of this. I did have to travel through and do a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm blessed, man. I wouldn't have it any other way. Hey, yo, we're official, man. We're going to be right back with Mr. Lee here on the Damage Control Program. Then we're getting the second hour shout-outs from uh, Skylar Don. And I think we're just going to play part, as much as we can, of a classic screw tape for y'all, man. Come on, man. Y'all who don't have the screw tape access... We're down, man. We're down for y'all. Love you. Stamage control. 